I, I, now, Justin, a few years ago, did something really good for his daddy, his father. And he bought me one of these coffee makers where I get to grind my own beans and I set it to fine or coarse or whatever. So it's, mine's fine. And then I get the pot on and I get to choose the temperature of the water. And, I, and so I grind it and make it because I love to wake up in the morning. First thing, don't, get, don't, don't, don't think I'm carnal. Coffee pot, boom, on. Lisa and I go in there and I always put whipping cream in mine because I found out it's healthier and, and helps you lose weight. <laughs> According to the Atkins diet, okay, whatever. You say, it looks to me like it's not working for you. <laughs> Actually, it is. But I like to put whipping cream in mine, and sometimes Lisa and I will put ours in the bullet and froth it, so we have a, now we have a $4 Starbucks coffee at home. So we go in the living room, we sit and we pray and read our Bible, and we start every morning together reading the Bible and getting the Word and praying together. Well, I look forward to that, so the Holy Spirit said, I'm your cup of coffee. In other words, you think coffee lifts you? I'll lift you. Amen. And if you want to start your day off right, start it off with me. And he was pulling, a, making a plea for the church to come spend time with him. Because if you're like me, once you leave the house, don't look at me and tell me, you know, you're going to find time for God. You might, you might not. I found out a long time ago when you tithe, tithe the first tenth because by the time you get through paying bills or anything left. So the day is the same way with me. I start my day off. So he was encouraging us to kick off our day with him. And in the time we're in, that is more valuable now and more important now than ever. And I'm going to read this in the book of Jude and uh, it's Jude 20. But you, beloved, talking to Christians, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. I want you to go um, to 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to look at a few scriptures now because I'm like a lawyer. I always have to build my case. And you who, who are new here, let me explain something to you. I've never been a, a proponent of preaching something that's my opinion or preaching something that I can't show it to you. I don't have an opinion. I have his opinion. And any, my opinion don't matter. I'll give you my opinion. Sometimes you, can tell, you can do what you want to. But I've always been this person that said, if I say something, I want to show it to you where it is in the Bible. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, says, Even since you are now zealous for spirituals, the word gifts is italicized, not in the original. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that you would interpret it so you'll know what you're saying. Paul said, I pray, if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion to this? I will pray in the spirit, then I'll pray in my understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I'll sing with my understanding. Now I'm going to stop right there and make a statement to us. I'm going to begin doing something here in church on Sunday morning because sometimes you come in with a um, teach me mode and it's normal in church. But there needs to be a participation mode. During the worship service, I, we might not stop when you think we're going to stop. 
I, let's get up. Let's, why, why don't we sing in the Holy Ghost being Holy Ghost people? You know, I mean, I've been in church services where it would just people, you say, well, we're just waiting on the Lord. Well, he doesn't have your tongue. You do. Thank y'all. And I mean, I, I, I've learned over time, it's just beautiful to walk around. I've had people, when I pray in tongues as a pastor, they just get up and walk out. Pretend like you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> and just never come back. But I'll be honest with you, you won't be the first one and we won't miss you at all. That's all right. I love you. I'll see you in heaven. You can apologize when you get there. You know, there was a man one time who was a friend of Billy Graham's. Billy Graham invited him to the San Francisco crusade. The man wasn't a Christian. Well, Billy Graham's preaching, and this man wanted to make a statement. So he got up and he stomped out to let Billy Graham know he didn't like what he was preaching. The next night he came back, sat down again. Halfway through Billy Graham's message, he stomped out again. He wanted to buy in the building to know he didn't like what Billy Graham said. Well, Billy Graham didn't change his message because this man had a fit. You know, sometimes truth doesn't set real well. Okay. And he did this three nights in a row. And the fourth night, he came and sat on the back row and listened to the whole message. That night, he got up and stomped to the front and got saved. You might stomp out once, but you'll be back. Because there's nothing out there. I mean, in here, there's no condemnation, there's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's family. And anyway, I mean, everybody here likes you. Thank you. That's awesome. Anybody can love you, but liking you, that's big. Right. Kenneth Colvin said one time, says, if you just knew me, you'd like me. And that's probably true. I want to read now. Let's finish reading this. Um, Verse 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion? I'll pray in the spirit, I'll pray in the understanding, and I'll sing in the spirit, I'll sing in the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how is he who occupies the pace of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? Underline that in your Bible, giving thanks. Since he does not understand what you say, for indeed he gives thanks well. Did you know that every time you're praying in tongues, you're not praying? Let me say it another way. Every time you speak in tongues, you're not praying. Right. Sometimes you're worshiping. So do you think that worshiping God is going to hinder your prayers from being answered? No, it actually increases your prayer from being answered. I was, a man was one time having lunch with Brother Hagin, and, and they brought the food, and he bowed his head and prayed in the Holy Ghost over it. And, and the man looked at him and was a little astonished. He said, are you going to pray over your food? He said, I did. He said, he who speaks in tongues gives thanks well. That'll blow your mind. Thank you for the burger. Amen. In Jesus' name. I'm doing this because the body of Christ today, even charismatics, have not been challenged enough to use the gift God gave you. I don't want you to get in condemnation if you're sitting here going, I don't really pray in tongues much. Well, that's why you're here. Because we've all had times where we weren't taking advantage of the gift God gave you. He wouldn't have given you something you didn't need. Is Jesus God? Then why did God fill him with a Holy Ghost? 
Apparently, he needed it. If he needs it, I really think you do. That's a revelation. But he says he gives thanks well. I think there's something missing in the body of Christ today, and that's thanksgiving. Go to, the, go to Romans chapter 1. We'll just put it on the screen. I just want to pop it off the screen. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. You and I live in a world today where there's only two races of people. Now, when, when I've preached this before and I've had people get mad at me, but there's only two races. There is the human race and there's the body of Christ. The human race is a flat failure. You have never heard me bragging on my German roots. And Hitler destroyed that. And you've never heard me bragging on my English roots. The American Revolution destroyed that. But you will hear me bragging on my Christian roots because I have a new father and a brand new family. I don't get my worth from a natural physical family. You shouldn't either. But, but I was watching Andrew Womack the other day, and, I, and I'd gone online, and I was looking for something, and I was in my room praying over something, and I came upon it, and he was talking, and there was a sermon he's got called, Where Do We Go From Here? And, and I really wanted to know what he thought about all of this. So I listened to him. He did a masterful job of talking about what's going on right now. And he made a statement that he had gone to church one morning and the pastor read a Barner report. Now I want you to listen to this. 75% of all evangelical Christians believe that they're basically good. That all people are basically good. That would mean that Jesus didn't need to come. That's, that's the evangelical church. That's not even the world. You want to know what's wrong with America? It's the pulpit. We, we have failed the, the, the United States of America. And everybody's praying right now, and rightfully so, about what's happened in Washington. But I'm going to tell you that, that these people have no conscience. They're corrupt, and, and it, what scares me is they're fixing to die and go to hell and don't even know there is one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's sad. Someone says, well, I think they should be judged. They will be. Yeah. Maybe our court won't, but there is a court that, you know, you're not going to have a big say-so. And throw your fit. I think Nancy Pelosi said the other day, she says, I, I haven't slept in weeks. Well, when you go to hell, you'll never sleep at all. Sweetheart, you might want to think about what you're doing. You say, how dare you say she's going to hell? I'll say it again. She's going to hell. Sinners go to hell, folks. They go to hell. There's a hell. Jesus said, if, you know, if you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say, and you'll know them by their fruits, I don't see any fruit there. I can, call, I can say that's not a Christian, can you? How in the world do you think a preacher is going to do his job if he doesn't know whether someone's saved or not? That's stupid. You bring your car to a mechanic, and he goes, well, I don't know what's wrong. 
Oh, I don't know how to fix it because I'm not allowed to judge whether it needs fixing or not. I don't want to be judgmental on this car. I can't tell you what's wrong with it. I'm a good mechanic. No, you're a sorry mechanic. I want you to know it. Tell me what's wrong with my car. You want to walk into church and I don't know whether you're saved or not? I can tell in five minutes whether you're saved or not. I can tell you whether your transmission is dripping oil or whether you're going to hell or whether you're just a backslidden grid. It doesn't take me but a minute. You don't, you, do y'all want me to know that? Because I got to be able to diagnose the problem to help you. I'm not going to condemn you, but I can help you with that leaky transmission you got. Especially when you're leaking all over everybody around you and messing up everybody's driveway. Well, that's good preaching. Amen. So, 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 so I think one of the things that's missing is, is Thanksgiving. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 5, I think. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 5. And all you people that are new, you're like, is he like this all the time? Just say, oh, he gets worse. (laughs) Ephesians 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Kenneth Hagin said, the world needs Jesus, but the church needs the Holy Ghost. Now, he wouldn't have told us if we didn't need it. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving what? Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. How many of you are glad you're not going to go to hell when you die? Thank you. All right, we're going to go there now. We're going to go. Go to Luke 10. Go to Luke 10. Uh, I, I just had this real big thought the other day, even though I was praying over our nation. There's still a job. We're in a bad world. Get over it. Suck it up. The people, when I used to have a horse, and, and you know, I rode him with a tight rein. Don't drop the reins. And the horse goes, you mean I can do what I want to? If you drop the reins on a politician, they're headed to the barn. Horses will buck if you don't do make them mine. So will people. You give them rain, their father will come out. They are sons of Satan. Why does that shock you? Now, if you're here today and you don't know whether you're saved or not, Come up afterwards, we can get that fixed. Just come up, we'll show you how easy it is. We're not here to condemn you, but, but I am as you are. I used to be as you are. I understand it. Thank God for the body of Christ. Amen. So, so Luke chapter 10, look at this, what Jesus said. 17, the 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons are subject in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Take authority over Washington. Take authority over the politician. Glory to God. And if it doesn't work, listen, verse 20, don't rejoice in that, that the spirits are subject, but rather you rejoice. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. No matter what's happening, I'm going to heaven. Amen. Woo. My name, hallelujah, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So the Bible says that our, that our infliction is but for a moment. Soon and very soon. Well, y'all don't. So when it's all said and done, the worst thing that will happen to us is we die. Thank you, Jesus. See, I think it's time the body of Christ 
came back to being a whole lot more thankful. There's a lot of things to complain about right now. I'm going to tell you. But I'm going to tell you, he said, you don't just thank God your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank God. And so I said what I said a while ago because, because people have the idea that Jesus came to help you a little. He did not come to help you a little. Let's go backwards a little bit to a scripture that we used to preach. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What's all? All. All. Before you met Jesus, you were hell walking. There was nothing good in you. No, you weren't a good person. No, you were not a good person. You can take manure and put it in a nice bag, but it's manure. You might dress up and clean up real pretty, but if you're a son of Satan, you were a son of Satan. And you are where you are because God had mercy on you. The blood washed you from your sins and he gave you eternal life. And for that, we come to church and go, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, for all of sin, how many? All of sin. Honey, everybody. There wasn't enough good in you to redeem you, not even one one hundredth of a, of a millionth of goodness was even in you at all. The only thing in you now good is Jesus. So don't tell me about your family because we know it's full of nuts. (laughs) Don't brag on yourself. Don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. And don't worry about what everybody thinks about you. We already know you're a heathen on the way to hell with Jesus in your heart. People come into church sometimes, well, you did this wrong. And you did. I said, well, come back. I'll do some more wrong next week. <laughs> I'm not preaching Daryl. I'm preaching Jesus. Yeah. If you're looking for, for perfection, go look in the mirror. We know you're it. <laughs> While we're on the subject, let's talk about righteousness. God would rather you be unrighteous than self-righteous. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is good. He never said anything to the hookers that he said to the Pharisees. So he'd rather you be smoking dope and sleeping around than to come to church and think you're better than everybody else. I don't know why they did that. They didn't even say anything to me when I come walking in the building. (laughs) Ain't nobody owes you nothing. Oh boy, hallelujah. Be thankful. But listen, get excited your name that somebody loves you, God loves you. If you don't expect anybody to do anything, you'll never be disappointed. You know, if your wife don't cook for you, you cook. Come on. If she don't wash your clothes, won't you wash them? If she doesn't mop the floor, won't you mop it for her? If she don't cook you dinner, take her out. You whiny baby. (laughs) All the women said, amen. And if you think she don't look good, get her some makeup and jewelry. Dear Lord. (laughs) 
way too much complaining going on on this planet, amen? We live in the greatest nation in the world, even though it is a mess, it's still the greatest place on the earth. Amen. Wow, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's back up what I just said. Are you all all right? If there, the, we ought to be the happiest people on the planet. We really, we really ought to be. You know, I wake up in the morning and go, I don't have a care. I give all my cares to you. Thank you, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> Thank you for the Holy Ghost lives in me. Because don't even get out of bed. Don't even get out of, don't even start the day. Then get your coffee and go sit in the living room praying the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2. And I think sometimes we've, we've missed it by not preaching all of it. If a sinner doesn't even know why he needs a Savior, that's our fault. The, the nation is our problem. And I know that that doesn't set well. Let me, let me stop right here. I want to read something to you all. I went looking for a, a quote by Charles Finney. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, I'm going to read this one to you. The chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without a hell. William Booth. Who, whose fault is this mess? It's actually, the, it's actually the pastors of the churches. Amen. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm going to read something to you by Charles Finney, 1875. When you thought he was writing this today. He said, brethren, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in the land, the fault is ours to a great degree. If there's decay of conscience, the pulpit's responsible for that. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for that. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for that. If the world loses its interest in the church, he said religion, I said Christ, the pulpit's responsible for that. If Satan rules in the halls of legislation, the pulpit's responsible for that. If politics becomes so corrupt, the very foundation of our government is ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for that. Let us not be ignorant of the fact, my dear brethren, and let us lay it to heart and be thoroughly awake to our responsibility in respect to the morals of our nation. Amen. Now, I'm going to throw it off on you now. The reason for that is that when we preach living right, you stay home. Yeah. Right. Or you go to a secret sensitive church where no one ever challenges your, law, your walk. Come on. Because pastors want your tithe. Yeah. Yeah. Now you voted long before this election. Yeah. It's time for the church to come back. And start, I mean, if he's Lord, then he needs to be Lord. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You're not doing what I said. Cut the ties with the world and put, listen, I love Jesus more than I love Lisa. Did you know that? If she quits coming to church, I'm coming to church. I'm not going to backslide over her. If she's having a bad day, I'm going to have a good one. 
I already had one wife save me or Jesus. That was once. My daughter's here, Che, Ashley. My kids love Jesus. You know why? Because I stayed true. Nobody wants your God if you can't serve him. Why would they get saved? That takes courage, folks. It's time for the pulpit to get courageous again. And I don't mean beat people. I don't mean condemn people. But I mean sometimes we need to have a good old-fashioned there is a hell. Yes. There's a place called hell and you don't want to go. So why is it George Soros is not worried about it? By God, he needs to be. He's fixing to go. Wow. I told you to go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read this. Y'all are getting quiet on me? Now, here's what that means to me. You're guilty. Now, let me tell you how I know that. My boys taught me how to spot guilt. When Lisa and I come home and the boys are quiet, they've been in the cookie jar. When they're making noise, that's normal. But when you walk in and they go, You start looking for what they did wrong. And, and the dog would always tell on them. We had a dog named Buddy that was a Christian dog. He's born, he's a Christian dog. And when the boys were doing wrong, he would come to the back door and go. And we would go, where are they? And they'd go. Dog had more sense than the kids did. <laughs> lady came to our house one time. Well, the lady came when we were selling our house, and a bunch of non-believers came to our house. The dog growled and barked and would not let him out of the truck. He was a, he was a, a chow shepherd. And I mean, they tried to get out of the truck, and he's like, Ugh. And we're like, buddy, go lay down, let him out. And he watched him. A Chinese lady comes and he walks up and wagging. Taiwanese. Taiwanese. And she gets out and goes, oh, Christian dog. <laughs> so I learned the dog knows Christians from non-Christians. So I should have brought him to church and had him check you out when you're coming in the door. Hey, buddy, tell me about this guy right here, dude. Ah. <laughs> You need to get saved. <laughs> well, nothing like having a little fun. Ephesians chapter 2. You he made alive who were dead. You were dead in sin. You were dead. There was nothing good in you. Not a thing good in you. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who's now working in the sons of disobedience. Have you ever wondered what's going on in Portland? Among those who once conducted themselves in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. There wasn't anybody any good. You were not any good. So, are you 
saved. Thank God. Amen. I mean, somebody needs to just go, thank you, Jesus. My name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. I'm on my way to heaven when I die. Hallelujah for the blood. That'll make a holy roller out of you. You know what I mean? You'll start acting like a Christian. I mean, that'll shock somebody. All right. But God who rich in his mercy because of his great love for you, not because you were that awesome, even when you were dead in sins, made you alive together with Christ by grace you were saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places and the ages to come. Oh my God, have you ever thought about that? After you've been there a thousand years, he's going to go, I got something new to show you. After you've been there 2,000 years, he's going to say, I got something new to show you. After you've been there a million years, he's going to go, I got something to show you. Amen. Tell me, you, we don't deserve it, but it's for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My daughter's bought me a picture a few years ago. What's the little girl that wrote, that had the picture of Jesus, Drew? Ariana. Aliana? Ariana. A- 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 something Anna. <laughs> I saw that picture and, and I just, I, I went, I, I want that. Yeah. And I, when Che and Ashley bought me the picture, I looked at it and said, I will walk there someday. I will walk through, I will go where this picture is and see it. I saw another picture one time that um, the guy that plays the violin, the Jewish guy, And he said that the Lord showed him the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said it was a field full of tents, full of tents. And when you went into each tent, there was was plates of crystal with gold on the plates and gold and goblets and gold and silverware. And every person's name had a plaque. And, And your name is there on a table waiting for you to come to the marriage supper. That's going to be a ball. And we're going to have grits. Yeah, I've just decided to prophesy over y'all. It's grit. The Bible, the Bible says that we will eat the finest of corn. And the finest of corn is the heart of the corn. And the heart of the corn is grits. They're going to have grits at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And all you Yankees are going to have to sit there and say, Hallelujah. And we know Paul was a Southern because he said, I speak in tongues more than (laughs) y'all. All right, now back. Now we got to stop being so spiritual and come back to the word. (laughs) Aren't you glad you're not going? I am. I am. Every once in a while, I, I bring out this book. Kevin McNulty made a statement. He says, when I come home from overseas, I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been preaching and living out of a suitcase, and I, and I don't want to go back. I don't, want to, I don't want to go back to Russia. I'm tired. He said, I always pick up 23 minutes in hell and remind myself of why I go. Amen. Amen. I've read this before, and, and I think everybody ought to read this book. You know, and I think, that, you know, I think we need to share it with people so that they can, you know, stop one day and go, where am I going? I mean, we need a wake-up moment. We're not, I'm not mad at sinners. I don't want you to go to hell. I want to tell you a story before I read this. One year, a, a, a few years ago, when I, worked, when I was going to Ramah, 
well, more than a few years ago, 30 years ago. I always witness, I'm always sharing Jesus with everybody. I mean, I, you slow down long enough, I'll share Jesus with you. And there was a boy in the apartment complex, and he slowed down long enough, and, and I was the maintenance man. And after a few minutes, I'm telling him how I got saved and how I met Jesus. And he looks at me, and he says, Mary was a whore, and Jesus was a bastard. I, I was floored. I have never in my life ever heard anybody respond to the gospel like that. And I had a spirit of slap. <laughs> it made me mad. I just, oh, I'll slap you upside your head. It just irritated me. And I walked away from him and I said, God, you ought to do something with that guy. And the Lord said to me, why would you want to make his life hell? Let him alone and let him enjoy his life because he's going to hell when he dies. Don't make his life more hell. He said, I want him to have a good life because it's all he'll ever know. That's why God is good to sinners. And you, you're sitting there going, how come they got away with that? Maybe God, maybe God gave them, a, maybe he blessed them a little bit. He still loves people you don't like. Oh boy, that's good. He loved you when nobody liked you. I shouldn't have said that. That was mean. All right. I read this. I like, I like going back and reading this book. It's, it's an eye-opener. And I'm not going to read the whole book to you because we're, we'll be out of time and y'all will be hungry and leave. But, but um, this Bill guy, Bill Weiss, is a real estate agent. As a Christian, loves Jesus. One night, Jesus just took him out of his bed and took him into hell. And he asked him later, why did you do that? He said, because I want you to tell people this place is here. And I want you to warn them not to come. God don't want you there. Okay. When I arrived in the cell down in hell, I noticed that I was naked, which is another form of shame. And and there was a bunch of, um, there was a, uh, I'm I'm ahead of myself. Let me back up. First of all, when he got down there, he he was in a cell and there was two beasts in the cell with him. One looked like a lizard and the other one looked like an ape. And they were there to torment him. And one of them picked him up and slapped him against the wall. And another one picked him up. And he had razor-like fins. And he pulled him and cut his body to shreds down in hell. And he says, the second beast with razor-like claws and sharp protruding fins grabbed me from behind in a bear hug and pressed me into his chest. His sharp fins pierced my back. I felt like a rag doll in the clutches in comparison to his enormous, enormous size. He reached around and plunged his claws in my chest and ripped them apart. My flesh hung off my body like a ribbon and I fell to the floor. These creatures have no respect for human body. How remarkable it was made. I knew that I could not escape this torture via death even though for even that is not an option. Death penetrated me, but it eluded me. You can't die down there. Okay. 
The creatures seemed to derive pleasure in pain and terror they afflicted upon me. I pled for mercy, but they had none. Absolutely no mercy. It seemed to, they seemed to be incapable of it. They were pure evil. No mercy existed in this place. Mercies from God in heaven. The mental anguish I felt was indescribable. I asking for mercy from such evil seemed to heighten their desire to torment me. I was conscious of the fact that there is no fluid coming out of my wounds. No blood, no water, nothing. At this time, I did not stop to ponder why. I was extremely nauseous from the terrible foul stench coming from the creatures. Absolute disgusting, foul, and rotten. And it was by far the most putrid smell I've ever encountered. If you took every rotten thing you ever amounted, like an open sewer, rotten meat, spoiled eggs, sour milk, rotten animal flesh, sulfur, and magnified it a thousand times, you might come close. And this is not an exaggeration. The odor was actually extremely toxic. That alone should have killed me. Instinctly, I knew that some of the things I experienced were a thousand times worse than would be possible on the earth's surface. Now, um, he goes on to say, through the panic and the deafening tone, I struggled to gather my thoughts. I'm in hell. This is a real place. I'm actually here. I frantically tried to understand it, but it was inconceivable. Not me. I'm a good person, I thought. The fear was so intense, I couldn't bear it. But again, I couldn't die. I knew that most people on the surface of the earth don't even believe that there's a whole world going on down here. Think about this a while. We're Christians. We come to church. We celebrate Jesus. I mean, I think maybe sometimes we need to celebrate Jesus. I mean, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going. Amen. I read this every once in a while just to get happy. I mean, I'm reading about the government. I'm going, I need to read this book right now. I need to get happy right now. I need to get happy. They wouldn't believe it, but it exists and it's real. This place is so terrifying, so intense and so hostile. It would be impossible for me to exaggerate the horror. Aren't you glad you're not going? I experienced the misery of total exhaustion. The continual emotion, medical, physical trauma leads to cycles of sleep deprivation. You desperately long for a few minutes of rest and never get it. Never sleep forever. If you're not saved right now, don't look at me and go, I'm waiting. After the service, come on up. Then we need to start talking to people about this a little bit more. Amen? Imagine for a moment how terrible you feel after 48 hours of no sleep. All the people that are in hell right now, they've never slept and never drank. Never. And never will. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Say thank you, Jesus, for writing my name in the Lamb Book of Life and having mercy on me. That'll make, a, that'll make a Pentecostal shout. <laughs> See, we're talking about being thankful. When you pray in tongues, you're thankful. All right. He said, there is never peace of mind. I desperately wanted to talk to a human being and knew that from now on, I would never get the chance again to even fellowship with another person. That would be like hell. 
Go back to Jude. Are you all okay? Why did the Holy Ghost give us this scripture? I'm going to read it again. You, beloved, build yourself up. Why? You're going to need it. You can't look to the exterior for help. It's an inside job. Joy is an inside job. If it's not in you, forget about it being around you. Quit trying to change the world around you until you change the one inside you first. Okay? Though we appear, it appears to us God did not answer our prayer concerning America, he has given us the mighty Holy Ghost. The greater one lives inside of us. Now listen to what he says right here. You build yourself up, own your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you do that? Well, listen, there is a way. See, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Happiness is what's happening, but joy is a fruit of the Holy Ghost. You can be full of joy right now. You can be full of peace right now. You can be full of God right now and and completely independent of what's happening in the world. Now look at the next thing that he said. Keep yourself in the love of God. Who's doing this? You'd better. You had better. So let me talk to y'all people because y'all. I pastor a church where we have people in here who speak in tongues. But I'm aware that many of you don't much. Because you think it's kind of like, why don't we believe in that? Well, it's a whole lot more than we believe in that. Without him... You're not going to make it. God wouldn't have given you a gift you didn't need. And you go, oh, that's kind of nice. Because your flesh wars with you. And you feel weird. Get over it. You may begin feeling weird. But get in the habit of, of praying in the spirit a lot. Now. I'm going to begin doing something in church. Like I said, during the worship, I may just take off praying in tongues a while. Don't sit and look at me. I thought, when's he going to start preaching? How long is he going to be doing that? What's he saying? I thought he wasn't supposed to do that if nobody interpreted it. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it to get you to do it. Stop being ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you're, you're, you got centered friends. They walk around GD and M and F and just, just shut up about everything. You're not, re- nobody can, forget, they, they got a nasty mouth. They're not controlling their tongue. Well, it, 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 you ain't going to hurt any. What, what do you care what they think? That's right. I worked construction. I worked with heathen. Talking about the girls they laid and the dope they smoked. I'm not going to worry about them praying in tongues out loud at work. That's good. That's good. 
Hardingen or Dinnen or Franklin or Blaine or Dada, Hardy Blaine. What are you saying? Well, I ain't talking to you. Why are you doing that? I said, because your mouth is filthy and I thought I would sanctify mine. He said, be the salt of the world. I mean, honey, be, start being a little bit salty. Stop being ashamed of God and being ashamed of the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, he didn't sneak into the upper room, close the door behind him and go, everybody pray in tongues, but don't get too loud about it. You're liable to bother somebody. You're liable to bother somebody. We don't want anybody to be bothered. You know why you don't do it? You're ashamed of it. Not ashamed of Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I mean, if you're charismatic, they've already branded you when you came in. You're one of us. You're done. John Osteen was a Baptist pastor in Houston, Texas, and he got the Holy Ghost. And he got called on the carpet for speaking in tongues. And the whole Southern Baptist Convention called him in the room and they put chairs around and they drilled John Osteen for an hour on tongues. And they came to John and they said, do you have anything to say for yourself? He said, I lifted my hands and said, and when he looked up, they were all scowling. And they said, what did that prove? He said, I don't know, but it made me feel good. Listen, we live in an antichrist world. Anti-anointing. Antichrist. Have you not noticed lately they don't care about your Christianity. If we're going to be a Christian, it is time to fire the furnaces up. Let your light so shine before men. And I'm not saying that you're just rude and crude. But I mean, if you're in Walmart and you want to pray in the Holy Ghost, walk around and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just put a flair to it like Spanish. Or pretend like you're on the phone. Who are you talking to? My father. I'm talking to my father. Like I said that last week. That was good last week. It was good this week. But that's the way I've been saved for 45 years. I have never fallen away from God. But I can't brag on me. I'm not that smart. Actually, I'm pretty dumb. But I have this guy inside of me that's a genius. And I say, what do you think about that? And he goes, me too. Listen, he made the universe, let him talk. You ought to let him out sometimes. Build yourself up. Keep yourself in the love of God. Now let's read the rest of this and then I'll give you guys an opportunity to pray in the spirit a little while. Hallelujah. I got to laugh at the ladies who hold the prayer meetings in this church because they tell me sometimes, Pastor, don't just let anybody in. And Barbara's back there laughing. She knows. Because a prayer meeting can get pretty wild. I mean, how do you explain when you're over there flapping your wings in the Holy Ghost? Genie's on the floor, drunk in the spirit, and somebody's crying, and another person's running around stomping like an Indian. 
You got to put a big sign up, beware. <laughs> Prayer meeting going on. What was funny was during the elections, there was people voting over there and people voting over there and the prayer meeting going on in here. I'm thinking, glory to God. People are walking by going, what kind of church is this? I said, a good one. Are y'all Spanish? Well, some people. Glory a Dios, eso es el Señor. I mean, some people Spanish. There's some Russians in here too. Dobre otro, slava bogu. There are some Haitians in here. And there's even a few Americans in here. Y'all come back now, y'all here. All right. <laughs> My first language when I got saved was English. Lisa taught it to me. She asked me one day, she says, how do you spell rent? I said, I don't know, but you rent them biscuits you cook right there. <laughs> My sister sometimes watches from Georgia. She's going, I understood that. That's not funny. She did burn them. <laughs> Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. And on some people have compassion. Make a distinction. Others save with fear. Pull them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. To him who's able to keep you from stumbling. Who is that? God? Yeah, God the Holy Ghost. You have to cooperate with him, guys. He, God gave you a helper. Let him help you. You don't have to understand everything you're saying. I do not understand texting. I use it. Don't tell me you know how. She says, pick up eggs, and it hits a satellite and comes to my phone. You do not. I, I certainly don't. There's a lot of things that are going on right now. I have no idea, but I do it. Stop trying to figure God out in your head. You will not figure him out. I have never had a time that I prayed in the Spirit that it didn't build me up. I'm going to tell you another story. I'm going to tell you a story right now. Right after I got born again, I'm laying in my bed. Now, you understand, I'm a new, I'm a new believer. Everybody in the house had the croup. You know what the croup is? Everybody's coughing. And I'm laying in the bed and praying. I thought I was praying. Oh, God, heal them. Oh, God, heal them. Oh, God, heal them. Help us, Jesus. Spirit of God picked me up in my bed like this in the air, pulled me right over on the floor, and dumped me on the floor. I have fallen out of the power before, but I've never been thrown out of bed. <laughs> and he said in this voice, get up and go pray in the Holy Ghost. Now you understand, in my mind, I'm still wrestling with my soul because I don't feel God, I don't know what I'm saying, and that was still a new thing to me. So I went downstairs and I sat on the couch and I prayed like this. It's like, it's like three in the morning. Holy Ghost says, I can't even hear you. Now I'm, I'm aware that the neighbors are going to come downstairs 
in the apartment next door and put a glass on the wall and listen to me. (laughs) Aren't we funny? So I don't want to pray very loud. So finally he says, pray in the spirit. And I started. And it started like it was work. And I didn't feel like being there and I didn't feel like praying in tongues. But I'm scared to go back to bed. Because he might lift me up eight feet next time I throw me in the floor. I don't know what he's going to do. And, I, and after about three or four minutes, five minutes, I stopped praying. And he said, I didn't tell you to stop. Finally, I got the picture and I went, okay, big guy, let's go. And I began, build myself up. After about 10 minutes of that, boom, something hooked in me. Something in me, boom, hooked. And I began going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, I didn't, something, no. And out of my mouth said, go in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house got healed. And he said, go to bed. That was when I began going, I'm bad. (laughs) Superman might jump buildings, but I cast out devils. That was kind of when it started hitting me. This guy really is big inside me. Turn this guy loose. Now, I've had times in my life, guys, and I know people have looked at me and said, you don't even, you know, Pastor, I mean, you don't understand us. We have problems. I don't. I've had times when I woke up at four in the morning, scared out of my mind. Finances going under, church going under. The doctor gave me a year to live, didn't give Lisa long to live. I mean, all hell broke loose in my home. Y'all understand this? And all I could do was sit in the living room and pray in tongues. And the devil going, it ain't doing anything. This ain't doing anything. And God turned every bit of it around. Now, next week we'll get into that. The Holy Spirit, it says in the book of Romans, if you get in a pit, he will get in the pit with you and get you out. You can't get in a pit. He can't get you out of it. That's right. Amen. There's no sickness he can't whoop. There's no debt he can't whoop. There's nobody in your family so lost he can't save them. My granddaughter the other day, I was coming back from Tennessee deer hunting. And I, I just had it strong on my heart to pray over her. I'm just driving down the road. I got 12 hours with nothing to do. Why don't I just pray, you know? I mean, as the preacher said do it, so I thought I should. So I'm riding down the road and I'm just praying over her and all of a sudden, just out of my mouth, I begin to take authority over the devil. You're not to, you don't have my grandkids. You found devil in hell. Yeah. Jesus' name. Yeah. Don't give up because you had a few prayer failures. You just keep at it. Amen. And I remember when I got home a couple days later, Nan, Ashley called me and wanted, uh, Reagan wanted to talk to me and, and finally they went and saw, saw Lisa and she ran into Lisa and fell on her face and says, I need to get right with God. I'm going, that's one. The rest of y'all, I'm praying. You'll be on fire before I get done with you. Amen.
I had to pray Che in. I had to pray Ashley back. Crazy thing. You know, when Ashley was growing up, and she's probably listening to this, I mean, if I asked her to do something, she'd do the opposite so she'd see how bad the spanking would be. I mean, I'd say, don't do that. She'd go, really? Well, after a few years of living in hell on earth, she came back and said, I need Jesus. And I said, yeah, you do, girl. Come on. Say, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Say this, thank you. I'm not going to hell. We pray in tongues, we give thanks well. Do this with me right now. Let's just everybody do it. Don't look spiritual. Pray in the Holy Ghost with me for a little bit. Mano la libano do la mera do mala besondo lo leban de bobero no me lo do mero fable bobe. Mau mino dino bala no mero sendo de babre fabre de resone me colado bere ba. Mau chid oche lo rode bere clonde bando do beso no makitaba. Chande breve tope head no fade camale mano donde bam. Mane mane mano vada plab de do mosendo de beve de bane mero to bele vada. Haralelo dona bero de bero de bero lani lo me som do no mero som lo fe chum la ki bero masiara. Monumentos do nele bano dele bano dele bano do mero seno da mero tem revelo sono mero. Ha de bere, de divane. Ha ha ha, bro, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're in here and you've never prayed in tongues, just come up in a minute, get someone to pray for you. Don't be afraid of God, the Holy Ghost. I want to say one more thing. If you consider yourself a carnal Christian, do not condemn yourself. You just need to pray in the Spirit more. That's all you need. You need to let the new man on the inside pray. Don't let your head do all the praying. You have everything in you to have a victorious life. But he gave you the ability, so just spend more time praying in the Spirit and you will become more spiritual and holy. Amen. When I'm done because I'm out of time, it's 11.58, and I don't want the Baptist to beat you to the restaurant, so I'm going to give this over to Lisa. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. You know, the, the problem with us is that we allow ourselves to be so ruled by our five physical senses. What we can see, touch, hear, smell, and taste. Thank you, Kelby. But we, those are things that were given to us by God, but they weren't meant to rule us. And so if we can't see it, hear it, smell it, you know, it doesn't feel right. We, that's how we live. So we let the sense knowledge gain the ascendancy of our soul and of our lives and of our spirit. But praying in the spirit, I last night was reading my Bible school book. And I've never done this in my life, but I was praying in tongues while I was reading it. I, I am annoyed at noise when I'm reading and I can hear everything and I have to run to the other side of the house because my husband can be listening to his phone in his office and I can hear it in every room of the house except if I close every door and run to the far reaches of the cavern and put stuff in my ear. It's just, I have these amazing hearing. But 
I started praying in the Spirit and reading at the same time. And I thought that was so cool because praying in the Spirit, it, it, it bypasses your mind. So your mind can still think and grasp what you're reading, but the Spirit of God just keeps praying. So if you're here this morning and, and you, need, you need a jump start, right? Come on up here. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. So as my altar workers come up here, but you've never really prayed in tongues or you've never really had it flow, we will jumpstart you. Amen? We will help you with that. And so before I do that, though, I want to read something that's not in your promise box. But it is in the Bible. And so this is for those who have never accepted Jesus as Lord. Uh, Matthew 13, 41. The Son of Man, who is that? That's Jesus will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And he will cast them, the angels, they will cast them into the furnace of fire. There, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear this, let him hear this. And we're not ashamed to say to you, and you say this to your friends, and you say this to you whom you come into contact with. If you're a born-again believer here this morning, listen to me so you can repeat what I say to them. He that hath ears, let him hear. There is a hell to shun, but a heaven to gain. It is not all grace, grace, grace. Jesus loves you. He does love you. But there's a lot of people that he loves that are going to hell and that are there today. And it's not because he doesn't love them. It's because they rejected him. That's all. Plain and simple. Don't you love your kids, even the ones that do things bad? It doesn't change your love for them. So, this morning, if you've never made Jesus Lord, you never remember, then I'll take you to John 3.16, for God so loved you the world, not just Christians, he loves everybody. That whoever, whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He did not come into this world to condemn you, but he came so that the world might be saved. Condemnation comes on you because of rejecting what he did for you. You don't have to clean up, let him clean you. Let him regenerate your spirit. If you truly accept what his sacrifice did for you, he will clean you up. Amen. So this morning, on those two accounts and anything else that you might have a need for, have prayer for, this isn't just a part of the service where you're like, I wish you'd really shut up so I can go to Panera Bread. You can go to Panera Bread every day of the week. You're going to eat sometime today, and it'll be very soon. And the only reason I say that is because there might be someone in your life that you're getting ready to go talk to. I'm born again. I'm good. Yeah, but they're not good. You save them. You save them. We save them with the knowledge of this. So if you're sitting here today, think about what I'm saying take it to heart. Find those scriptures so you can, bam, you can open them up. 
I memorize scriptures. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you don't know you have a problem, you don't know that there's need for a remedy. And that's what our society and our culture has been embraced in. They don't see a problem. It's love, 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 grace, grace, grace. It is love and grace. But if you reject him, you will go to hell. And so will your friends and family. So be bold. Don't be, don't be a coward. Don't be a coward in this day and age. Learn to stand up and learn to open your mouth when you should. You can talk in love and you can tell the truth. But stop being afraid of responses. Love them enough to speak the right thing at the right time. Amen. So come on down. If you're a guest here, we have a gift for you out of the information booth. But come on down here for any reason. You will get your prayer answered today. Amen. We are not in a hurry. These are not in a hurry, but they want to minister to you and take the time with you. So if the rest of you could just stand up and leave quietly, and then you can talk once you get outside the door and buy coffee and whatever else. Love you. Have a great weekend. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.